everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and this is the Oscar edition of the uh, the Towncast. The Oscars were last night, and uh, I'm recording this before they're televised, so I'm going to give you my picks real quick. Uh, actor in a leading role, loved Will Smith in, in King Richard, was outstanding, but I have to go with Denzel Washington. His His version of Macbeth was amazing. Actor in a supporting role, loved... Troy, and I know I'm going to pronounce his last name right, uh, Katsui from Coda. He was great. The movie was great. Olivia Coleman for leading actress and uh, uh, for leading for leading actress, supporting actress. I went with Aung. I can't pronounce her name. Aung Janwe Ellis. Aung Janwe Ellis. She was in King Richard. Olivia Coleman was in The Lost Daughter. And Best Picture. I, I've seen. I saw every one of these movies. Uh, Drive My Car was a little difficult because it was two hours plus with uh, with subtitles, which, you know, it, it, now that you're so used to streaming, was was very hard to do. But I did watch it. Love Drive My Car. But I do have to go with my heart, which goes to uh, to Belfast. All right. Now, this episode, uh, and you guys could let me know how I did tomorrow or when you guys hear this. <laughs> uh, this episode, it, it was it's actually two parts. This part is the Hollywood episode. Edward Lotzi uh, grew up in Hawthorne moved out to Hollywood at a young age, and now runs his own PR company out there for many, many, many years. Uh, he has some great stories, some great Hollywood stories, including who killed uh, Chris, Steve Reeves, the original Superman. I love that story, and I'm glad he was able to share it with us. Uh, we're going we're gonna to air his other story of when he grew up in Hawthorne, got involved in politics, and the whole background of uh, his family, uh, the Rhodes people, the Rhodes family, and and uh, that's going to be uh, a Hawthorne story for that we're going to put on a little bit later. But right now, we want to do the Hollywood episode. All right, enjoy the episode, everybody. I, I'm so excited on this episode. We've got a guy that that was so deeply rooted in Hawthorne. He has some amazing stories. Not only that, but he he went from Hawthorne to Beverly Hills, and and he's now he's now the the owner of Edward Lotzi and Associates. It's it's the Beverly Hills PR executive, and and all the stories in between. So Edward Lotzi Lotzi, by the way, if you're Italian, it's Lotzi. If you're you know a layman. It's Edward Losey. So, e- Edward, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah. I, and, I love and, and, your show. I love your show. Oh, thank you so much. I really I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so so I, I appreciate you taking the time also because there's a three-hour time difference. I'm calling him. You know, he's sitting in his, uh, I'm sure it's some kind of, you know, advanced. It's probably one of I those. the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences Museum in the office. To, so we're working on a project there. So um, I'm now... Um, uh, in the garage. So talking to you, <laughs> I, I I appreciate. That's how powerful you are. You actually have a signal in the garage, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> this is true. To get a better idea of what Edward Losey does, go to Losey, and that's l o z z i p r dot com, uh, and you'll see a who's who list of all the people that that Edward's been involved with over the years, and and I mean it's. From Milton Berle to Buzz Aldrin, uh, Maury Sendak, who I love, uh, Lou, Lou Ferrigno. I mean, you got Lou Ferrigno. The Hulk. 
How cool is that? Yeah, Tina Louise. You know, you know, speaking of Lou, uh, he was just cast in a Paramount project, and you, none, none of your listeners probably know about it, but coming up soon, uh, it'll be on the, on the, on the, on the Paramount. It's a Paramount TV series, 10 episodes. They're already filming right now. They're doing uh, a, a series. It's called the the um, the offer. The offer, O F F E R, and what it is, it's the story of the making of the Godfather. Really? Yeah. About who was involved, how they did it, how Paramount put it together. You know, so you've got people cast to for those people, like somebody's been cast for. Robert Evans, the producer who put it together at Paramount. Somebody's been cast as Francis Ford Coppola. Somebody's been cast wow. as Brando. All the all the stars are cast as you know actors of the time. You yeah, know, yeah, it was yeah. 1972. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and um, everything was different then. The whole everything from the studio process to and uh, and it was um, so Lou. Um, who has been very controversial because he supported Donald Trump, which was a big mistake in Hollywood. So if you're a Hollywood actor who supported Donald Trump, you don't work. And so that's just unfortunate. But he's coming out of that now, and because of this, this was uh, this was great. So he's been cast as, you ready? Yes. And he's in all 10 episodes, which were, were like, were surprised because it's it's a, a small part of the movie, but for some reason he's in all ten episodes. Was he Barzini? It's Luca Brazzi. Oh, of course it is. Luca Brazzi. Of course Luca he Brazzi? is. Where is he? Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. Yeah. Remember that scene? Of course. And that's what they say. Remember, he gets garroted at the bar. Absolutely. Comes up from behind him with a with with a wire, garret, and it's a brutal scene. You know, with the eyes popping out. And yeah, that like, makes so much sense. He plays Luca. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But how are they? You know, the story. He's in all ten episodes. So you know, it's like it's. I don't even know. I don't even know how to say it, but I mean, obviously he's, he's involved with the story, you know, either as a flashback or beforehand, or I don't know how they're doing it, but he's in all, so he must've been intertwined with the other mobsters somehow, but. Well, we're going to have to get you back on just to talk about the Hollywood side of your life, because I know that a lot of the stories before we go, I do want to talk about one more story. I, which I love reading about the Tony Mannix confession. Now, for those of you, for those of you guys that don't know who Tony Mannix was, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let Edward tell you. But you know, there was a whole thing about George Reeves. George Reeves was the original Superman in the Superman TV show. Uh, and 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 Edward, I'll let you talk about this, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Yeah, so in 1959, uh, our worlds came to an end. All of our baby boomer pals that were going to Roosevelt School uh, and were wearing Davy Crockett hats one day or wearing a Superman cape the next day, you know, we, we we were like children of Superman. You know, we watched the show even though 
my parents forbid me to watch it because they thought I was crazy enough to dive out the to window. jump out the <laughs> I know yeah, a lot of parents really were they really thought I would do something like that so um, I said geez mom that's great I'm glad you have such trust in me right so they uh, this was a disaster for all of us in 1959 you know Superman's dead uh, how could you you know we couldn't get the, the fact that it was an actor and a it was Superman. He was dead. You know, what we saw on TV, we thought was the real thing. You know, when you're eight, nine, seven years old. Right. right? How so, do you, unless it's kryptonite, how do you kill yeah. Superman? Yeah. And then, you know, the the ugly story came out and, you know, with shot in the head and, and he killed himself, you know, and uh, uh, so we, we were, it was like going in one ear and out the other. We were just so depressed and beat up. So, you know, the years go by and, uh, you know, the Superman movies come out in the seventies with, with Christopher Reeves, right. Was he related or, uh, by that time I already knew the, the, the whole Hollywood deal. So, um, when I first came out here in 79, um, when I first got my first residence, um, and I hadn't even moved out all my furniture yet. You know, all, all my furniture, because I moved out of the house on Winkle. I moved out of the apartments in, 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 in Midland Park. And I also had a place in Ridgewood. And all of my, my personal possessions were stuffed into the basement and garages of Raymond Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, on, on his house... Okay, which was right across from St. Clement's Church there on, on that side street. And 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 um it it was before the moving trucks came and brought all that west. So I'm in my place and I just, just put new carpet in the floor and I've got um you know a, a cot and you know some temporary chairs and uh you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like living on the floor almost. I mean, I just literally moved in and the phones just went in. And my first phone call, the phone rings, it's about seven o'clock at night and it's an older woman sound. And she goes, Edward? And I'm saying, yes, who, who's this? You know, like I didn't even give the phone number out, right? And so she goes, she goes, this is Tony Mannix. I'm a friend of your aunt. And, uh, so-and-so and all, and uh, I don't mention her name and uh, she lives in Manhattan. And so, and they were friends and I didn't even know it. And she goes, she called to tell me that you're, that you're, that you're there now. And that, that, that I would be someone very nice to meet. And, uh, you know, I'm very much involved with the Hollywood scene. And I know that she told me that you're uh, you're starting all over fresh and that, you know, you may need some, some help. And I'm going, okay, you know, that's nice. I had no idea who she was or what this was about. And so anyway, she says, right, listen, why don't you meet me Sunday and we'll go to brunch at the polo lounge. And, uh, and I said, Oh, that's very nice. I said, well, yeah, maybe we'll do that. No. And so, I said, but can you tell me something? And, and she said, what? I said, what's the polo lounge? 
and she started to laugh <laughs> because I didn't even know what it was. That's how green I was. I sure. just got here. She goes, oh, dear boy, you need to know, you know, because you really need me, that kind of a thing. So I got to go. So I got all dressed up and uh, drove to her house in Beverly Hills, which was up, way up. And it's uh, a house that I, I I couldn't believe it when I got to this, this gigantic split-level house that's built into the side of a cliff. Okay, so think of the uh, the quarry, the Hawthorne Quarry up there, you know, sure. with, the, with the, I don't know if you've ever been up there oh, where yeah. Glassburg used to be, and it's like where that new development is, and it's like a sheer rock cliff up there. I don't know if you've been up there. Yeah, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You can say the view, the view is tremendous. You can see all the way to Manhattan. And yeah. And uh, so picture that where this house was with no neighbors or anything built into this rock cliff, and that was her house. And it was built by her husband, Eddie Mannix, who at one time was vice president and general manager of MGM under when L.B. Mayer uh, was his partner. And since the 1920s, and he was gone, he was dead. So this is, you know, I'm seeing her in 1979, and you know, I'm still in my 20s. And she says, "Let's let's go um, to the polo lounge." And I said, "Great." And so she's looking at me for the first time. I'm looking at her, and she's, you know, a svelte attractive wearing the big sun hat and you know the uh the uh, the suit with the two-tone high heels and the and the pleated skirt suit you know matching with sort of like a, a pinkish color you know and uh very attractive which she got at Giorgio's which is a famous clothing store in Beverly Hills stylish looking doesn't and looked a lot younger than her age which was about 84 right and so i'm 20 something and she's 84 <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it didn't dawn on me and none of this dawned on me yet right so uh so i uh we go down to the polo lounge and i said wow what a fantastic looking place the beverly hills hotel it's pink and green and uh, the orange blossoms. I mean, it's like it's like you take a deep breath, you get high. It's just so wonderful, right? And and uh, beautiful people all over the place. And we go into the polo lounge, which is the famous, you know, based on polo players, Will sure. Rogers, and you know, oh, yeah. started you know was in there all the time, and and Spencer Tracy in their polo outfits, right? So so we go in there, and sure enough, there's some people in polo outfits that are going over to play polo and there are people not in polo outfits and I'm looking at these people and I'm saying, my God, that guy looks like Cesar Romero. And, and, uh, so Tony says that is Cesar Romero. I said, that guy looks like Walter Cronkite. You know, that is Walter Cronkite. Wow. That looks like, that looks, you know, like, and, like, so were your Kirk eyes Douglas, were your eyes yeah, were, that is Kirk Douglas were your eyes yeah, wide that open looks like George Hamilton yeah that is George Hamilton you know and we I went through this whole thing and then there were these three older guys and she goes you know who they are I said no she goes the Keystone cops uh, 
a lot of people don't know they had their own their their own movie series you know the keystone cops they were you know the silent era oh yeah and uh and, and i was fascinated and so she started to explain to me um who she was what this was all about and then we got into superman and that's when she told me that um that that george reeves was her lover boyfriend uh right up until he died and i said but i thought you were married to eddie mannix and that's why you're you're tony mannix you don't have any children she said that's right and then she explained to me that when eddie mannix who by the way was a thug and there's a movie about it called hollywood land um which was a pretty cool movie and um tony mannix was portrayed by um now i just forgot her name. yeah i think i think i saw that movie that, hollywood land yeah. that sounds familiar yeah, hollywood, hollywood land yeah with, yeah with uh, yeah, it's a fantastic it's a story on how George Reeves really died. And yeah. so they finally they finally did it. And uh so um the uh she explained to me that that she was the girlfriend, the older girlfriend, and she bought everything for him. Bought him his clothes, bought him a house on Benedict Canyon Drive, and uh and uh was the lover because when Eddie Mannix asked Tony Tony to marry him, um, Tony honestly said, "You know, I can't marry you because I'm in love with George Reeves, and I always have been." He goes, "I don't care." And, you know, he goes, "I, I want to marry you. I want to, you know, uh, and and I just want to be married." Wow. So and, he didn't uh, even care that she was having you. And so, so she, he goes, listen, I don't care to do that. She goes, he goes, I have a girlfriend too, a courtesan, Japanese girl. That's, you know, she's like a courtesan to me, you know? So, and so he, he goes, and, uh, you know, I'm building this house and it's for you. And if you want, we'll build a, you know, if you want George, I will build a, a bedroom for him. She said, really? Wow. <laughs> so, That's crazy. So he did. So they all lived there happily ever after, but not, not that, not that happily, happily because it didn't work out. And, uh, uh, and George Reeves died over it. So, um, so, so what was the truth? Imagine, what happened? At the breakfast table in the morning with the limousine outside, ready to, to take Eddie Mannix to MGM you know, chauffeured every morning and they're having breakfast and George, George Reeves walks in, in a, in a bathrobe and sits down and the three of them are having breakfast with the, with the maid and, uh, and they, and they all go off. So it was like this open kind of marriage thing. And, and she's explaining all this to me and I'm like, Oh, wow, that's, 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 that's kind of neat. I'm still not getting it. So she said, um, you know, darling, you need the right address. You have to have the right address. Okay. You, you need to, you need a Beverly Hills dress, but in even the right part of Beverly Hills. And, and I said, well, yeah, I guess so. 
and because uh, I was in Studio City, uh, which was which was a pretty upscale place too, but it's sure. not like Beverly Hills or Bel Air. And so she goes, "You need to move in." Uh, you see that? Uh, you see that? The pool house there. It looks like a Japanese shibui. And I said, "Yeah." She goes, "We brought over every single piece from Japan and had it reconstructed here. This is this is you know what he did for me. I'm a Pisces, and look at the pool. The pool was in the shape of a fish. Wow. And then she goes, "Look at the uh, look at the faucets around the house for the hoses." You know, outside around the house, the faucets for the garden hoses and all. And I'm looking. Do you remember the movie Ben Hur? Oh yeah, yeah. With the okay, with do you remember, the, remember with the, the chariot race? Absolutely. With Charlton Heston. Do you remember when they went around each lap? There were they would pull down the fish. Fish. Yeah. That were pulled down, right? Absolutely. Well, those were now her faucets. No, those actual pieces. Yeah, the actual pieces, right? So wow. you could turn the whole thing, and it would turn the faucet on and off. And 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 uh, uh, oh, and also at the bottom of the pool, there was hand tile, hand tiny tiles in the in the uh, uh, different types of fish, very Romanesque, you know, very like from Rome kind sure. of. Sure. Wow. Yeah. And so um, she said. Um, I'd like you to move in here. And I go, well, you know, it's, it's like, oh, oh, all of a sudden I'm thinking, of, I, you know, uh, I, I already have a place. I don't feel like, you know, I don't know too much about her yet. And uh, just, you know, the stuff. Right, she's trying to own I, you. I have to keep that apartment <laughs> going. And then, you know, what is she going to charge me? And I'm thinking all of this and, you know, what do I have to do? And, so she's going, I can see your mind is going. She goes, you don't have to do anything. You know, she goes, the only thing you have to do is on Tuesday nights, we're going to say the rosary for George Reeves here in my little chapel. She had a chapel built into her house. And on the wall was a portrait of George Reeves. And next to his portrait was that classic portrait of Jesus. You know, the one, the painting. You know where he where he looks fantastic, <laughs> and 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 I'm going oh brother right and so and I'm saying and you and and there's no sex involved so get that out of your mind right and I'm, and I wasn't even thinking of that but then I was yeah and then and thank thinking, goodness maybe this is yeah. so so I said well uh, I said okay but I never told her that I wasn't gonna you know keep my lease going with the studio city apartment i was never going to give that up right so um so i uh, i moved some stuff in you know there was already so this little pool house had a kitchen and a shower and uh and a and a uh a, it was like two rooms it was it's like a studio apartment you know and uh in the best part of beverly hills you know, with the pool and the jacuzzi right there, it was like, wow. And <laughs> she likes to cook. But then I'm saying, oh my God, you know, because I had a, a beautiful girlfriend at the time I was seeing. And uh, um, I had just met because I had just got there and I met, I was out at this restaurant and nightclub and she was there and 
two girls were there and I met them and one was Susan who was became my girlfriend and her girlfriend was ready girlfriend goes uh, hey this is my girlfriend I told you about Vanna no well that's great what's your name Vanna White that's nice (laughs) this was like you know this was 1979. This was pre. This was pre Wheel of Fortune. Nobody knew who Vanna White was yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and uh, I, I, nice. That's great. You know, it was beautiful, hot looking, and and but Susan was better looking. So, just to show you, that happened. So, um, I uh, had had you know had these other things going. So, what? I, th- this was, and plus she's a friend of my aunt who gave her a letter of introduction about me. So that was the beginning of my relationship. So she's telling me about George Reeves and while, while she's telling me, she shows me the, cha- the the chapel. And then she's showing me the house, which was like, like a futuristic house, something I got of a James Bond movie, right? And then she's like, I'm walking by and, I, and and there's this, it's like a, sort of a half moon shaped built into this cliff. And it's got a picture window that's 60 feet long. It looks like bigger than like Hitler's picture window and, wow. and Ober Salzburg, you know, uh, uh, in, in the, in the Alps. Right. And it was like a, 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 an engineering miracle, you know, with like a, the glass was like a half inch thick and uh, uh and right next to uh walking down there's a there's a there's rooms and she's showing me the different rooms the bedrooms the thing and then there's this one door that's locked you know and i'm and i i go to open the door and she goes don't touch that right and i'm going oh okay i'm sorry she goes she goes, yeah, that's that's George's room. Now this is nineteen, this is nineteen seventy nine, and she says it's George's room. George has been dead for twenty years. Wow. Yeah, you know, and she goes, that's George's room, and uh, I said, oh, oh. She goes, someday uh, I'll show it to you, but not now. So then, you know, a couple of days later, I said, can I see the room? And so she goes, oh, okay. So we open the room, and there it's exactly the way it was left. He left it. Exactly. Exactly the same way he left it in 59. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, the, exactly That's a little the creepy. Way he left it in 59. That's a little creepy. So, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he had a part of what she did for him. She bought him a house on Benedict Canyon which he was living in at the time of his death. That's where he was murdered. And I'm using the word murder because I know he was murdered. I was witness to the confession, you know, to a Catholic priest. I was there. It was my home, you know, and, uh, uh, and I got to know her pretty well. Yeah. So what happened? When, when did she confess to it? Well, her health started to deteriorate rapidly and I had some good times there and, part of one of the things that's part of my legacy is that her her girlfriend was Greta Garbo, the famous actress. Sure. And, and uh, you know, who was an MGM star. And so 
um, Garbo would come to her, come every August and stay at the house with her. She now, don't forget, she's been living there now since 1963, I think. You know? And uh, and so Garbo would come every summer and stay there because Garbo owned half of Rodeo Drive and had a lot of property here in California. She invested in real estate wisely, uh, even though Garbo, you know, quit in 1943. She quit the Hollywood scene, and but she would come out, and they were friends. And so, um, one day I, I remember coming come back it was a real hot Saturday, really hot hot day, and I came back, uh, wanted couldn't wait to get out of my suit and just dive into the pool, right? And, uh, which I did and, uh, splash the big splash. And, you know, I'm, I'm swimming and I'm alone, but you know, I'm still making noise. Right. And so I'm swimming and all of a sudden I was, I'm swimming close to the edge of the pool and all of a sudden something grabs me like a real powerful hand grabs me by the arm to make me stop right i'm like wow what the heck and it's it's the masseuse a woman a, mas- a, a masseuse okay for tony mannix getting her daily massage you know and uh there was a massage room right there off the off the pool and and she puts her finger to her lips like like silence and then I look over and standing in the doorway is Tony Mannix wrapped in a towel, right? Doing the same thing, like keep quiet. And I'm going, what the hell? You know, so, so I get out of the pool and go over by Tony and Tony says, she goes, uh, uh, she goes, uh, Garbo's here. She came in late last night. She's in your room. She's in your house. She's in your <laughs> She's in your, uh, you know, she's in your, uh, you know, your guest house. I hadn't stayed there the night before. I was, I was, you know, in my studio city apartment. And, uh, so she, she said she, you know, she comes every year and stays there just for a week. And I said, thanks for telling me. Right. And so <laughs> she goes, uh, but I got a surprise for you. And she said, what? She goes, we're going to have, uh, you know, come back at six o'clock because we're going to have tea and cocktails and stuff in the gazebo. And uh, yeah, if you play your card right, cards right, I'm going to introduce you to Garbo. So, okay. So you know, I couldn't wait for that. So I, you know, I went back to I went back to my apartment and and showered and got all dressed up and, 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 and came back at six o'clock. And, uh, I, uh, um, uh, I came in and to the house and Tony says, you look fantastic. I said, thank you. She goes, uh, we're going out to the gazebo. And I said, "Oh my gosh, are we all awfully formal all of a sudden, right?" And she she laughed. She said, 
let me do the talking, okay? Just take it by, you know. Okay, so we, we walk out, and I see her. First, I see her. She's wearing a sun hat, you know, like Garbo's usually does. We're wearing a straw sun hat, and she's wearing a sundress, which was really tight. And I'm saying, how old is Garbo? She's got a fantastic figure, right? And so, um, yeah, for being in her 80s. I was going to say, she had to be in her 80s at that point. And so she's sitting there alone and there's, and I see a cigarette. And, you know, she's supposed to be a health fanatic, but she's smoking. And I remember she was smoking cools, which was what my grandmother Rhodes used to smoke. And, and I wound up telling Garbo that after all the niceties, after the talking, but she's staring at me as I'm walking towards her. And she had this grim look on her face, you know, grim and no moving at all. And she's, she's got her hand propped up with the cigarette, you know, um, uh, very, uh, almost sexy, you know, and, and I'm walking towards her and Tony goes, um, you know, she doesn't, uh, she, she doesn't like the whole Hollywood scene. So, you know, I get it. I get it. So, so she, so Tony goes, Gigi. So Gigi is her nickname. So for Greta Garbo, Gigi. Sure. And so that's the first time I ever heard that or knew that. And so she goes, Gigi, this is Edward who I was telling you about, you know, and, uh, um, and I, you know, and I, I, re- I reached my hand out, you know, to shake her hands and know nothing. <laughs> it was like <laughs> nothing like it was a statue, right? And, uh, and so, you know, I put the hand out and I sort of kept the hand going and came back up to the back of my hair, you know, to like fixing my hair. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and so, so it's not too obvious, right? And so, and I saw, I detected a little bit of a smile. And uh, so she goes, yes, you know, Tony's been telling me a lot about you. And uh, now that you're here living in this house, you know, near my friend, uh, it, was, it was almost like a warning. You better be good to her kind of thing. Right? Sure. And I said, oh, yeah, she's been terrific and telling me so many things. And I'm learning the ropes here. And, you know, I... Uh, I want to be a, you know, a studio public relations, you know, motion picture guy. That's what I wanted. Right. And so she, she said, Oh, she goes, that's nice. You know, and I'm thinking, Oh my God, is this so boring? We're boring each other to death. (laughs) So I said, and then I started one of these days I'll read you the article that I wrote for Beverly Hills magazine that published this whole experience. So I'm just, going from that a bit but you know we started to talk i started talking i started asking her about why she quit you know about the men in her life and i had to do all this between kicks to my shins from tony who's kicking me every time i I started talking after she told me not (laughs) to talk so i'm getting kicked under the table right? right right and so finally Garbo says, would you stop kicking him under the table? 
it's okay. All right. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. So anyway, I got a great interview and uh, I'll share it with you sometime. Yeah. But, I'd love uh, that. But you know, this whole thing with George Reeves, uh, you know, unfortunately Tony started to get sick and, uh, she had problems with her lungs and, uh, on her uh, numerous times, she called for the priest. She was a devout Catholic, by the way. And so she, for her last, she was calling for her last rites. Yes. And you know, the good shepherd church, which is the big Beverly Hills celebrity Catholic church. And that's called the good shepherds where Sinatra had his funeral and everybody, you know, so it's like that priest was up at the house more than I was, you know, and, uh, um, she wants, she wants to confession. She says, I'm, I don't know how long I'm going to last, you know, but, and she was starting to fail and she was also getting dementia. And so I knew that I'm going to have to get out of here sooner or later. Um, things were, was happening so fast. So, so, um, she says to me, I want confession, tell him I want confession, you know? So, okay. So I said, uh, Hey, father, you want to get, you know, I, said, <laughs> I, said, I said, I said, father Pike, you know, I said, you, that's just a fake, fake name. Uh, she wants you to hear her confession. She goes, you know, I've heard her confession like three times this month, you know, and I'm going, okay, but this could be the one she goes, what possibly could she have done in the last couple of weeks? What did you do to her? He said to me being funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, Oh, you know, so, so, uh, there it was. And she, there she was. And then all of a sudden, you know, I said, Oh, I'll, I'll leave. She, he goes, no, stay here. Cause if anything happened, he wanted a witness. Right. So I stayed. And so there she is. She started and she, confessed to him that her and her husband had George Reeves taken out and whether or not it's the same mortal sin if I had pulled the trigger or if I was involved in setting it up is there a different place in hell Uh, she was like wow knowing she's going to hell okay and wanted to confess it and possibly get out of going to hell yeah yeah or get a better place in hell all right, because she didn't really pull the trigger and actually do the killing. She had it done. And so that's a confession. Wow. I did not do anything about it because after we left the room and she dozed off, the priest says to me, you know, you can't tell anybody about this. And I said, oh, no, of course I know. I know about the sacrament of you know, confession, it's, you know, and I, and I know about. And here, you know, you, and here you are. Yeah. And I, said, <laughs> I, and I, I know about that's private and you, you can't just, you know, it's the sacrament. And he goes, no, you're not getting what I'm saying. You can't tell anybody what you just heard because you won't survive. And wow. I go, what? He goes, those people are not that old. They're still here. The people that were involved yeah, yeah. with covering up the killing. Sure. 
that Tony, that Eddie Mannix had done. Eddie Mannix was the all-time thug. Eddie Mannix was the, you know, the closest thing to the dawn of Hollywood. But an Irish dawn. You know, now I'm gonna have to look up at. Now I'm gonna have to look up Irish gangs in New York. So, Tony Eddie Mannix was a thug from New Jersey, from Fort Lee, who became the the head collector and security for Palisades Amusement Park. Oh, I remember Palisades. Yeah. It was a fantastic place. Yeah. Wow. Especially in the 50s. But Palisades Amusement Park was, you know, it's been going since the turn of the century. And it was like collecting, you know, there were a lot of vendors and, you know, there was money involved. And so they hired him to collect, which means that bodies would be found in the Hudson River. Yeah. Exactly. And broken legs and broken fingers and eyes pulled out, things like that, which he did himself. And that was the mentality. So in 1926 or 1927, he meets L.B. Mayer. By the way, the motion picture industry is still going on in New Jersey in the 1920s. Fort Lee and all that. You know, that's Edison, Thomas Edison and that whole thing. They started the motion picture company here. That's where all the films were made. The silent films and all the first talkies and all were all made here. And that's when they were opening up, the, you know, for Hollywood. They're starting. Sure. And so MGM had started and L.B. May, Mayer's back and forth. And somebody recommended this guy to, you know, protect L.B. Mayer, the other executives, and the movie stars. And also to protect the integrity of MGM and also to collect the money that's all at MGM. This is your guy, Eddie Mannix. And they, they hit it right off. Wow. And so much so that Eddie Mannix, you know, uh, he he got himself this 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 job. He engineered this job. So, so in the movie, this job. in the movie Hollywood Land, it that's what it deals with. It deals with this whole thing, right? Yeah, it deals with the murder and the cover up. Yeah, and um, it's you know, it's it's that's why I, I had no problem with this. And so, uh, George George Reeves and and Tony Mannix were having big problems because George. Uh, in 1959, met the other woman. Okay, her name was Lenore Lemon, like a lemon. She was from New York, and she was a showgirl. You know, dancing at the club like the Copacabana and those kind of... She was a dancer showgirl from New York who he just fell for, boom. And, And he moves her into the house he's living in that Tony Mannix bought for him for him yeah <laughs> and sleeping in the bed that tony mannix bought for him right right and and then announces that he's going to marry her an engagement in the beverly hills newspapers wow so that that was that was pretty much his That's undoing the motive. yeah the wrath there's nothing worse than the wrath of a woman and 
So she, so Eddie Mannix and Tony Mannix bought him everything. The money is Tony uh, is from Eddie, bought him everything, including his his Beverly Hills location, you know, in the house there, and also his own house, his own wardrobe and cars, sports cars, and, and fantastic, you know, wardrobe, and uh, which is. When I arrived, it was all still jammed into that bedroom under the closet, and 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 so it brings me to the point where I find out why I'm there. So she goes, uh, "Look at this," and she shows me George Reeves's suits, you know, from the show and his own show, and and George Reeves was, you know, he's a pretty big guy, but he was exactly my dimensions he was like six foot tall a little bit i think he was six one i'm six foot and so she goes you like these double-breasted suits you like this suit and she and i'm saying yeah those are pretty sharp so she goes try that one on no i still didn't get it yet right so (laughs) okay so i try the suit on and it fits me to a t you know it's just fantastic and so the sport jackets and then I open another drawer and there's Janssen bathing suits and there's uh, house coats bathrobes a smoking jacket you know that the made custom made by the best tailors in town and uh, you know and, and uh, lighters gold lighters with engraved you know engraves and and uh so all the stuff is, is 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 there. Did you get and, to keep uh, all that stuff? No, 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 no. It's just I got to use it. Ah. She gave me items. She gave me some artwork from him, which I have some very valuable artwork. Oh which wow! I have my collection, but but the clothing uh, was not for me to take home or anything. The clothing was for me to try on. So you could look like him. So you could look like him. <laughs> I was wow. there to get her off in her own way. That's crazy. Wearing his stuff that... and being, you know, channeling George Reeves oh. through her fantasy brain. And even to the point where on the Tuesday night rosaries, I had to dress up either casually or whatever in George Reeves' clothes. And see, for everybody listening, this is the beauty of public relations. This is some of the things that you have to do <laughs> when you're involved in PR. <laughs> you have to you have to dress up in dead guys' clothing <laughs> just to. So a- years later, Inside Edition <laughs> show uh, brought us back to the house, and there was a book that came out called Hollywood Kryptonite. I know that book. I read that book. Yeah, 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 and so. Uh, this all was brought up and then also the movie was coming out and um, if you go to my site lozpr.com and and go to news news there are some uh, uh, working uh, YouTubes and one of them is about my interview with Superman uh, it's very it's very well done you may want to click on that but it's like um there was a time there 
that I did come forward because the people involved with his murder, the time just ran out. They were dead. It was, it was, you know, since 59, you know, and they were, they were, they were done. So by the, by the millennial, you know, around 2000 and so when I did these, they were gone. So there's no more threat. Yeah. So, um, um, and then people thought that I was involved with promoting the book, Hollywood Kryptonite. Isn't that, isn't is that your client? Are you saying all this to promote a book? <laughs> right. And then I had to counter that hard, you know? Yeah, sure. Because that wasn't the case. And so, and then the Los Angeles times did a story about, you know, who killed Superman. That was the, that was the, the title of the LA times piece. So you should read that. For, for fans that are into all that it's it's um who killed superman los angeles times well for i you know for anybody that's listening it's as, as geeky as i am about movies this kind of stuff just fascinates me and if you want if you want to read more about it go to lozzi l-o-z-z-i-p-r dot com uh take a look at at news take a look at some of the things that uh, that he's been involved with, and and again, the 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 people that he's worked with, it's it's a who's who list of of Hollywood celebrities, and I mean, it's 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 like to me, it's like you've been you've worked with the foundation of Hollywood, you've worked with a lot of the people that that kind of paved the the way for for where we are today in Hollywood. It's amazing. Yes, it, it's 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 kind of interesting. Um, so, you know, my, I just want to end with, you know, a salute to my grandfather, Raymond Rhodes and the Rhodes family and, you know, uh, our relatives who were mayors over the years and vice mayors and behind the scenes and, uh, to let people know that, you know, there are parks and things named after the Rhodes family. And one of them is Rhodes Park, R-H-O-D-E-S Park, which is near uh, Van Winkle and where the two o the two o eight exit ramp there by Van Winkle. Sure. There's there's a little community there with with a commons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. O N S, and that's that's Rhodes Park. There's no signage on it. Oh, is that right? Change that. Oh, we gotta put we gotta get a sign up there then. I may have, you know, I may see if I can get that done. The other, the other, the other uh, is the the Rhodes uh, baseball diamond uh, next to the um, the Hawthorne Museum, which was the old boys' club. Sure. On, on Ray Avenue and Goffle. Yeah, yeah, right there. That's the yeah. yeah a lot of little so league and softball. If games. you um, if you are you're on Goffle and you. You make a turn on 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 Ray Avenue, okay? To go, you know, you go down towards Lafayette Avenue on the right hand side. Uh, I guess a couple of hundred feet from Goffle is a concrete stanchion uh, with the dedication to my grandfather. Oh, is that which right? Is, which the town put up, which is uh, the Rhodes Field dedicated to Raymond Rhodes. Oh, we'll have to look that, that up. Yeah, they're doing some major construction there right now, right down on that field. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This one, this is at the, it's it's on the sidewalk. 
It's right off the sidewalk. It's right by the sidewalk and the fence. So if you're walking on the sidewalk, it's designed for you to see it if you're walking on the sidewalk. Nice. So I hope they're not going to be screwing around with that. No, no, no. They're not. They're not touching that. They're just. They're just redoing the. Uh, I know the that field. we had. Uh, I know that my brother, who uh, lives in uh, Metuchen in Edison, my brother Mark, he just had it cleaned because you know concrete and and brass. Uh, you know, it's, it starts to uh, this chemical reactions and it starts to run. You know, so he had it cleaned. So it's supposed to look pretty good. Well, Edward, and, uh, I, I can't thank you enough for all the time. I, I, I could literally, I could sit here for hours and listen to the stories because I'm, I'm all geeky about that kind of stuff. But I know you're in the you're in the parking lot of the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, the new yeah, museum. The museum, the new brand new museum, was just <clears throat> opened, and um, Entertainment Tonight and Access Hollywood and Extra and some of the big. Uh, Podcasts, uh, uh, the Hollywood Podcast, all ran the story, and all the big stars that showed up Saturday night. When I was there, uh, it was like the Oscars. And if anybody comes to Los Angeles, that's got to be on your list. Oh, absolutely! To go to. If, is, uh, if you love movies, amazing. Yeah, you want to see the, the the ruby slippers of you know from the Wizard of Oz, wow. or you want to see you know the uh, the cars. It's like it's like if you if furious and you want to see a, you know and right across the street is the Peterson Auto Museum with all the my client George Barris's hot rods and and um you know the Batmobile and all that I saw that I saw that on your website that you George Barris is one of your clients yeah George Barris is like like he 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 took over as my Los Angeles grandfather you know he he just he just was an, an amazing guy and. You know, the father of the American hot rod and the American car culture, customized cars. You know, he's the, the, the grand Pumbaa. You know, all of us that made models, model cars, the glue and, you know, Aurora and Ravel and all those model companies. Oh, yeah. They were George Barris designed models based upon his creations. And, you know, the Munster coach, the James Bond, Aston Martins, the you know, the Beverly Hillbillies junk car, the coach, you know, and the, all those f- famous cars and from Fast and Furious. Um, uh, you know, he passed away five years ago and I still haven't gotten over it yet, but the company's still there, Barris Custom Industries. And, uh, uh, you know, if you go to Barris.com, you'll see some very interesting stuff. He also did the cars from Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean, who was his pal and, um, just amazing stuff. Well, listen, if you come back to Hawthorne, make sure when I was uh, at George Barris one day, he was one of my first clients in the early eighties and I'm waiting in George's office, right. Ready to talk to him about something. And then I hear this familiar voice behind me and the voice says, uh, where's George, you know? And his secretary goes, Oh, Oh, please. One minute, Mr. Sinatra. No. (laughs) So I turn around and it's Frank Sinatra. Really? Yeah. He's picking his car up because George, you know, customized his cars. And he also put private compartments in the cars for the gun 
and he would anti hijack cars for share and all the all the stars and John wow. Wayne and uh, they would all be coming by so i was over there a lot but so i got that's how i got to meet share and john wayne and sinatra and you know you know even more contemporary stars like david lee roth from van halen and had you know his hot rods done and and uh just was a great great time it was a, a, a whole lot of fun there's stuff on the website with that with pictures of george and i well edward listen i hope that pre-oscars i hope that we can get you back on because i love to talk movies i know you're you're deeply involved with uh with you know with everything that's going on in hollywood so so i'd love to get you back on before the oscars yeah. and let's talk movies we have a movie out now that we're promoting. It's in New York. It's, it's just opened nationally last week. It's called Tango Shalom. I know. You were going to send me the link to that. Um, you never emailed it to me. Uh-oh. Okay. Tango so, Shalom, guys. Tango Shalom. It's playing in New York, and it's playing on Route 17 somewhere there. And it's uh, playing, you know, in Los Angeles. It's playing in Florida. and It's a small, cute little comedy I know. I was uh, so excited. I was so excited. I was so uh, excited when you told me about it. Champion Karina Smirnoff, and it's a funny, funny story uh, about a Jewish rabbi that goes broke, and uh, and what he has to do to get the money back, and he has to tango, and it's just unheard of. It's it's ruffled a lot of feathers, but it also brought uh, Muslim and Christian communities together all over the world. It's very well done. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. All right. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off, but don't hang up because then I'll uh, chat with you a little bit more. Hey, everybody, everybody, listen. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Uh, I'm hoping to get Edward back on for for the Oscars because he's he's the man in the street in Hollywood. Uh, check and definitely check out his website. It's it's L O Z Z I Lozzi or Lozzi if you're that guy. Uh, Lozzipr.com. And, and take a look at, at what they do. And, and listen, if you're looking for representation, you're looking for a public relations company to get your name out there, to get your product out there, to get your your uh, development out there, your music, whatever it is you have, give them a call. If you're looking for a PR company, I mean, you look at their resume. They've done a lot in this industry, so you can't go wrong. Uh, Edward, again, I want to thank you. And... Uh, and uh, hopefully at some point we get big enough where, you know, a company like yours would consider representing us <laughs> at the Hawthorne Towncast. Yeah, we're not cheap. <laughs> I know, exactly. Exa- and I make no money at this, so. <laughs> All right, everybody, no, listen. We'll work something out for you. But, uh, Flavio, thank you so much. And uh, um, I am now in the history book, so. Yes, you uh, are. There you go. And this was a great, it was not only a great history of of Hollywood, it was a great history of Hawthorne. And everybody, thank thank you so much for listening. Uh, Hey, listen, if you have any comments about any of the stuff that we do, you can always reach out, comments at thetowncast.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. If you have ideas or people that, that, or businesses that you'd like us to talk to, send us an email and, and, you know, We'll uh, we'll try to get them on. All right, everybody, be well. Bye.